Hello there and welcome to Stick Around. The podcast that will eat your carpet. Brought to you by your company. If you can hear this, so can your customers. Contact Stick Around for a tax-free QT on the Hush Hush sponsorship deal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Times are hard. We couldn't get a sponsor this week. Um... I didn't Why is that? Need... It's not the only thing that's hard. Damn Brexit. Uh, I didn't mean try... this cock like <laughs> I came very close to <laughs> I came very close to a deal with Shreddies, uh, but they weren't com- they weren't comfortable with some of our content, so uh that had to go. Um largely... Flaky bastards. <laughs> yeah, l- largely to do with um consistent references to all things Swiss, which really wasn't considered okay by the people at Shreddies. Right, um, well, Tell the people at Shreddies that I'm no longer neutral. I hate them. Right, okay. <laughs> Nestle owns Shreddies and they're Swiss, so they should be down with it. I did not know that. There you go. Maybe maybe they don't well, want to be associated is, with Switzerland. Well, we don't want to be associated with their stupid, corrupt <laughs> company, so I'm quite happy for them. <laughs> they're right. stupid, selling people powdered milk idiots. Right, anyway. Made of babies, I hear. Nestle rants over. <laughs> the only thing good about Nestle is the badge, which has got a bird on it. Quite like that, but the rest of it I hate. <laughs> right, okay. Um, Clive, <laughs> what, what episode is so this? So we've now ruined any chance of a sponsorship <laughs> with any Nestle affiliated product. It's a good logo, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, um, anyway, I'm supposed to be hosting, aren't I? Uh, we're here with, um, well, it's TV shows, episode 16, done my research, straight Fuck off there. Hell, that's a lot of Fucking show off. <laughs> 60, yeah, well, we've got 18 episodes of film, so we're lagging behind. I'm here with, you've just heard him, James Cable. Hello there. Mr. Alex Wayne. Yo. And from all the way down in London, David Peeling. Konnichiwa. <laughs> well, you've been obsessed by Japanese things today, haven't you? Yeah, what's happened? What's... What do you mean, I've been obsessed by Japanese? What does that mean? I literally you said do something about that... sushi earlier. Well, you were the one who started dropping Japanese words into our WhatsApp conversation. <laughs> I was? Yeah. Oh, did it, was that an accident, a typo? You've already talked about it, so you only need a brief sukmaru. Suk what? <laughs> Precisely. Oh, right. Oh, summary. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm notoriously rubbish at just typing. operating on a completely different level to you guys, clearly. 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 I, d- I wonder why the hell you... <laughs> okay, now it makes more sense. Good, good joke, Dave. Like <laughs> I've no idea what you guys are talking about. No, neither does I the listener. I think this is a poor start to an episode. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so how is everyone? I'm going to start steer, steering the ship rather than just letting it crash in a storm. Uh, James Cable, how are you? On a scale know. of 1 to 10. I wasn't really up for this, to be honest. Oh, that's a 5 out of God. 10. Dave, pretty tired, how are you? Pretty like, fed up, but you know. Right. We'll, we'll get there. Out of 10. <laughs> Yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel? 10 being, like, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, that would be... It'd be weird if it was the other way around, wouldn't it? Well, some people like to confuse things. Okay. Well, 7 is probably average, isn't it, for most people? Like, 1 to 5 is... So I'm going to go... 8? Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's quite high, that. yeah. That's good. I, yeah, assuming that, that the average person says 7, not 5. If, you, if the average person says 5, then I'm a 7. Right, okay. with you. Yeah. I, still, still I good, think though. the average person would say 6 or 7. Yeah. Although in Britain, probably lower. That's true. Post-Brexit, oh. anyway. <laughs> Alex Wayne, what are you, how are you feeling um, on that? Well, I would say the average person is a five. 
But I'm going to go with a rather optimistic, at least for a British person, 6.5. I'm feeling pretty good. Not outstanding, right. but you know. Oh, uh, hold on. I didn't realise we were allowed decimals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm yeah, I didn't clarify that. Decimals. I prefer a pitchfork rating system, yeah. You don't, you it doesn't even need to be 0.5. You can use 0.3, 0.2. Jesus. I am strictly an 8 point... No, I don't know, actually. Yeah, right now, an 8.3. I've got a beer. It's lifting my spirits. Yeah. I'm still reading Bake Off uh, innuendo quotes, and that's sort of lifting my spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so have we all been watching lots of TV? Um, yeah, I've been watching a fair few things. Um, I'm very excited about one thing I'm going to talk about. And I've seen... Uh, continuations of other shows we've talked about. Okay, cool. I've also got a, a thing to talk about, and I'm going to chip in on some other things, so be a bit of a, a novelty. Cable, been watching much? Yeah, plenty of stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. Dave? I've mainly been watching trash TV. So. Oh, spot on. <laughs> so, uh, first dates, bake off, as we were just talking about there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Beck's been watching a lot of first dates. Oh, isn't it good? Well, I've only saw, seen bits of it, but yeah, oh, it's heartbreaking, man. Some of the some of the bitches on that show. <laughs> she tells me some, yeah, some pretty heartbreaking. Some stories. people are so cold. It's all, oh man, and you see them get their hopes up, and then, oh, but dear. but you know there were there were two on the one I was watching the other night. Two, one guy is seventy nine, and the woman was seventy something, and they, ah, uh, oh, they hit it off. It was beautiful. They had a second date in a yeah. seafood restaurant somewhere near Portsmouth. It was beautiful. Real touching stuff. Uh, oh, I wasn't going to talk about that anyway, but yes, I've got one. <laughs> I've got one serious-ish thing to talk about. My first dates comment is that um, I'm a fan of the, not in a gay way, uh, the the guy who, the guy who sort of lets them into the restaurant. The uh, guy with the beard. Oh seems yeah. Like nice, oh no. Seems like I, a nice guy. I like him in a gay way. <laughs> he is a beautiful man. The That's friend fine. with the French accent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does say some, he he does say like some nice really stupid things. He's, I think the one on the show the other day was, um, uh, love is a lot like a present. It's not just the giving it, but it's the receiving it. And also the way you wrap it up. <laughs> and then it, then it was a shot of a woman wearing a dress that and who didn't like wearing dresses. That was the that was the link. But the, the reference it did, did not make any sense. Which means love is a lot like a present with wrapping. But what? Anyway, <laughs> brilliant. I'm French. Anyway, it's a ledge. Um, right. Well, uh, I guess we'll kick things off. I don't know to start with. I'm going to throw it straight to Al right. up in Stockton. Right. Um, okay. I've listened to a podcast earlier actually that described Stockton as. The second biggest shithole after Hartlepool. Uh, oh. Do you have any counter to this, Alan? Right. First of all, where was this podcast recorded? <laughs> uh, in London. By, of course, the it person, was. <laughs> <laughs> um, the person who said it, I believe, is from Scotland. I have a lot right. of time for Stockton down here in London. Yeah. Well, you know, if he's Scottish and he's saying something like that, he's probably from Edinburgh, which is basically the London. Of Scotland. No, he actually hates Edinburgh. I believe he's from Glasgow or somewhere near there. Oh, what's the oh, difference? That's, that's, that, yeah, I was going to say they're basically <laughs> the same place with the same values, football teams, and religion. You know, all mixed into one. Um, well, I would comment to that that this person has clearly never been to Luton. Uh, if they're calling Stockton or Hartlepool the top two worst places in the country. I mean, no offence to any, uh, no personal offence meant to any listeners from Luton, but that has got to be the worst place I've ever been to. It's the only place I've ever been to where I've been threatened on two separate occasions in a 24-hour trip. 
<laughs> How close is Luton Airport to Luton? Pretty close. I've been to Luton Airport. Well, she may, but I think you have to bus it to the. Yeah, bus it to the. I've oh, only seen Luton train Luton station. Airport. Which Luton Airport rubbish. is it's infinitely shit, shit nicer than Luton Town. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that. And it's a pretty but, yeah. shit airport. Yeah. Right, anyway, we're moving on to more positive things. Um, one I'm going to talk about, I'm very excited about. I believe. Um, I believe you've watched it, Clive. I am assuming Cable has watched it. Um, uh, yeah, me, Cable, and Beck watched it together. So. Right, fantastic. Okay, I'm going to talk about the Netflix smash it, uh, Stranger Things. Um, if you have been living under a rock and you haven't heard of this, um, the basic premise is 12-year-old Will Byers uh, goes missing on route, on, route, uh, on route home from playing Dungeons & Dragons in the sleepy town of Hawkins, leading to a rabbit hole of mysteries and horror as his friends and family desperately search for him. Uh, it's created and produced by the Duffer Brothers, uh, starring 80s uh, celebrities Winona Ryder and Matthew Modine, also David Harbour and child actors Finn Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Brown, Gaten Matarazzo and Caleb McLaughlin. Um, where to start with this one? Well, I'll, I'll make it very clear very early on that I absolutely adored this. Um, and it's a strong contender for what I think is the best television show of the year. Um, to say that this is nostalgic is not really paying, you know, not really having any inspiration. That's how to describe this, but it is shameless, shamelessly nostalgic. Uh, it's done with such love and attention that proves the theory that impersonation is a sincerest form of flattery. Um, I think filmmakers are probably drawn to eras like this, and it's set in the eighties. Um, because of the narrative potential being a lot stronger than set in the present. Um, I mean, technology and things like sci-fi gives a lot of scope when you're talking about technology that doesn't exist, so we can barely imagine. But when you're setting something in the modern day, certain things just don't seem to have the intrigue. Uh, for instance, the disappearance of the uh, Will Byers uh, could be potentially traced by GPS, uh, which obviously can't happen in the 80s world of Hawkins. Um the acting quality is superb throughout, uh, the child actors especially, uh, Millie Bobby Brown and Phil w- Finn Wolfhard uh, I'll give a special mention to, although I think, Clive, you're a fan of um, Gaten Matarazzo. I was okay, going to say, I hope that's that guy, because he's also got an excellent name, if it is. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the plot, because I really, I really feel that this is something you need to watch with little expectation well maybe not in terms of quality but expectation in terms of content in terms of influences there's far, there's almost too many to list um i mean think stephen king think uh things like the body uh, which is adapted into stand by me uh carrie think steven spielberg things like jaws close encounters et david lynch something like twin peaks um think silent hill the video game in terms in certain atmospheric elements Think John Carpenter, The Thing, Indiana Jones, Twilight Zone, Alien, Dungeons and Dragons, Super 8, H.P. Lovecraft. This film is a goldmine of 70s and 80s cultural references, much in the same way um, that the film Super 8 was. Um, I love it, I absolutely adore it. Um, it's, it manages to be both adorable, yet terrifying, yet somehow immensely watchable at the same time there's not a shred of pretension yet it's still serious viewing um this will remind you of all your favorites from childhood all of those great films from the um 80s 70s and early 90s and it's such a potent mix 
of sort of thriller, sci-fi, horror, and Americana. It's almost impossible not to fall in love with it. Um, before I go into any more points, um, anybody got any general opinions they want to express? Um, yeah, I really loved it. I'm a big fan of this. I particularly like the fact that it focused on the central characters were four kids, which is something I've not seen in a TV show, certainly. Um, and it, I think you mentioned it, although I haven't really thought about it, it does completely lack any pretension, which is kind of cool. <clears throat> and I just think the, the four kids are really good characters. I, I, I like the 80s nostalgic vibe, even though... For me, it wasn't that nostalgic because I never, I didn't watch The Goonies, for example, until about two years ago when Beck introduced me to it. I can't remember watching E.T., <laughs> um, which are things that uh, people have said are big influences on it and stuff. But I just, yeah, I, I love the fact that it focuses on these four kids and the relationship that they have. And it's funny and in, intriguing. And I, I like him. Um, you know, all the characters in it are cool. I'm a fan of the cop guy. I've forgotten his name. Uh, David Dustin. Harbour, Dustin is just an absolute hero. He's got curly hair and no teeth. <laughs> and I love him. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good. I got, I just really, really enjoyed it all the way through, and I didn't feel it dragged at any point or anything like that. I'm glad it was eight episodes and not thirteen, which seems to just have people just seem to make things thirteen episodes for the sake of it a lot of the time. This didn't, so I enjoyed that, which is good. Because I know um, a lot of English series don't. They kind of go with six or eight episodes often. But a lot of Americans, it seems to be 13 or 24. So, yeah. I, and if, if it had been 13, I might not have even watched it. So <laughs> I'm glad I did. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Cable, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, yeah, I love the nostalgic 80s vibe. And big props to the the soundtrack, which is yeah. incredible. I thought you yeah, agreed. Uh, just yeah, just added to the whole vibe. So sort of even the the opening theme was just amazing as well. Like at the start of every episode, it was just like sort of a bit like I don't know. It reminded me a bit of sort of X Files or something. You know that sort of yeah. soundtrack. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was just fantastic from start to finish. Um, I wanted I wanted more. Uh, I probably I probably would have watched thirteen episodes, but I think it was perfect as it was. Yeah, um, I think this. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that in terms of uh, the soundtrack, and I think all all the references we've made here to eighties material. This is almost Tarantino esque, not in terms of violence or in terms of theme, but in terms of the way it mines uh, other parts of culture. Yet it does hmm. so in such a successful way that it doesn't feel like a shameless rip off. You know, no, it, it's no. it's a con- it's a it's taking ingredients of many things and it's creating its its own unique creation. Yeah. Uh, Dave, have you had a chance to watch this at all? Uh, I've probably had a chance, but I haven't watched it. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> now it's, it's interesting that because um, I, I mean, I've seen trailers and I've seen stuff about it all over the internet. Obviously, not none of which I've read in any depth because I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Um, and then you listed a whole bunch of things that it makes you think of earlier on. And I realised as you were listing them that not one of those things have I seen. <laughs> so I don't know. It's not a it's not a genre that has often intrigued me, and I've got no real definitive reason for that. I've never seen any of it that I don't like, but I just it's just never really caught my eye. It's definitely on, it's on my list. I've just not got around to watching it yet. Um, no. Yeah, sorry, that's not an interesting answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what, how good is uh, Millie Bobby Brown, the, the girl who plays yeah. Eleven? I saw a video of her today <clears throat> yeah, she's doing, really doing a uh, a rap version of a song. She was like rapping a song and it was really good. I know it's a bit unrelated, but 
Yeah, she was a really good rapper. <laughs> I actually, I actually couldn't believe how the standard of her acting at times. Yeah, like um, I mean, they're all good. All of the kids in it are great. Um, but I couldn't believe how intense she was. She, mm. I don't know. There's sometimes you get it with kid acting, and you think, oh, that's great for a kid actor. But I just <laughs> thought that's that's just great acting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and I think it's impressive with the amount of screen time they get. I think it would have got annoying quickly because a lot of kid actors can be annoying. But they weren't at all. That's mm. true. And I think um, the Duffer Brothers in particular deserve credit for um, the creation and the direction of the uh, the main uh, antagonist creature, the Demogorgon, who yeah. I think is shown just enough uh, so he's still frightening until his full reveal. Um, yeah. I, in fact, I found him quite... While it isn't a straight-up horror and while there wasn't any time where I was jumping out of my seat, I did feel a sufficient level of dread whenever that creature was getting close. Mm. I thought uh, it was really spooky, actually. Yeah. And, like, so much that when I was watching around Clive's and I was driving home, I was sort of, like, not scared, but a bit sort of on edge, like, as I was driving home. And then, like, a pedestrian walked past and made me jump, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just sort of... Yeah, it was good. I'm not really into horror, and it was... Like you say, it's not really a horror, but it's that sort of level of, like, I don't know, spookiness, which was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think the Silent Hill... Um... I mean, a, a lot of these things. I'm not going to. I'm not going to call myself a genius and say I picked them all up on myself. But the Silent Hill thing was something I thought of to start with, in terms of uh, the alternative universe. Mm. And um, I don't think that can be underplayed. Actually, I mean, Silent Hill as a game has had a huge influence upon the horror genre in film, which obviously it was influenced from itself. Mm. The Upside Down. Yeah, the Upside Down. And I thought I felt um, apparently there was a game that was nearly got made a few years ago. Um, by Hideo Kojima, who um, make, makes the Metal Gear Solid games, and Guillermo del Toro, um, the director, uh, probably yeah. most famous for Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, they released a trailer, um, sorry, a playable demo for a new Silent Hill game, um, but they never released the full game in the end, I think some interference from Konami. Um, and I think you can buy PlayStation 4s online now. with oh, this PT. Demo. Sorry? I think it's called PT, isn't it? It was released like after an E3 at one point. It might have been, yeah. Yeah, and then they pulled it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, any, anyway, I think it was released and you can buy on eBay now PlayStation 4s with with this demo on it. And they're going for like thousands, um, such as the effect of it. Um, and I think, I think, as I said, I, I think that speaks to Silent Hill's influence here. Uh, one of my favourite games when I was a kid. Um, but back to Stranger Things... Um, I, I can't actually find a fault with it. There must be some faults with it. Certainly, you know, nothing is perfect, but I'm so in love with this. Um, you know, I just don't see them. I'm just looking straight past it. It hit back to mm. all my favourite childhood films, particularly um, Stand By Me, which it reminded me of. Um, wow, yeah. I would recommend anyone to see this. And I, yeah. I didn't wasn't actually that excited going into it. I'd heard good things, but I had no real... Expectation. So I don't know if the fact that somebody like me is ranting and raving in a positive way about it will lessen the impact for somebody else. But if so it you've means heard you... good things, but you haven't heard Stranger Things. <laughs> way. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if you haven't watched it, I would seriously advise you check watch it, it out. And they've announced season two, and they've, they've done like a teaser of all the um, names of the episodes. I don't know if you saw. I did. Yeah. You told me about it, but I've not seen it. Um, yeah. In terms of a flaw, I really loved all of it. My only complaint would be I didn't love Winona Ryder. 
but really, okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't that's, hate I her. That was but, odd. Because I, I thought she was good. Yeah, I know. But oh well, someone in the past, one of our friends, um, hates Winona Ryder, and since I've struggled to watch her because the, uh, <laughs> I don't know all the complaints. Kind of, I noticed them a lot, so mm. that's right, probably okay. why. But oh, I like yeah. Winona Ryder. I think. Have you ever seen the film Heather's? No, I've not. No. Right. Well, that's prime Winona Ryder. Um, although she's been in a few things. I've not. Yeah, I've not seen. I don't think I've seen anything else with her in. To be honest, this is the first time I've really seen her. But yeah, she, she. You know, like I say, she wasn't a bad. She. Uh, if just, just if I had to pick a flaw, I th- thought she was a little bit too over dramatic all the time, which didn't fit in with the rest of it all the time. But um, yeah, I could understand why to some extent. But she still seemed a little bit. I don't know. Everything was like mental and she never seemed to have a quiet moment <laughs> but yeah yeah that would be my only complaint i absolutely loved it it's certainly the best tv show i've seen for a while well it, it's my so. number one of the year so far anyway and i'd be surprised right. i'd be surprised if it gets moved from that in fact put really pleasantly surprised yeah Next. i think it probably is for me too i don't know i'm just trying to think maybe it's up there definitely cool exciting uh it's good to have one that uh, i've watched as well Let's move around to Dave, down in London. What have you got for us this week? Thank you very much. I can't remember if I talked about this show last year or not. It's uh, it's Hard Knocks I'm going to talk about today. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's a um, reality slash documentary uh, television series about um, the National Football League um, American football training camp. Uh, every summer, teams from the National Football League um, meet for several weeks to train ahead of the regular uh, the regular NFL season. And every year, NFL films the um, the kind of documentary guys that are employed by National Football League and HBO uh, film one team's training camp and release it as a documentary uh, series. This year follows the Los Angeles Rams as they return to Los Angeles, having previously played for the last 20-something years in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis in Missouri. Um, the show is, is it's rather an interesting idea in that um, the show is... Um, released only something like three or four days after it's shot at a time in the NFL season at least where news is quite fast moving so um, one particularly interesting aspect of a documentary at this time of year is that NFL teams are forced to uh, cut the numbers of players that they employ from something around 100 at the start of the training camp down to 53 by the end of it. This means that there will be literally dozens of people who are made unemployed, essentially. And um, the document, the series often follows um, several of these fringe players who may or may not get the career that they've always hoped and prayed for and and um, would absolutely change their lives or dump them out into the real world with no proper uh, work or real life experience. Um, so there, there is an incredible amount of, of, uh, of jeopardy and intrigue 
and uh, tension from those storylines, and this season is no different. The the series is shot by NFL Films, as I say, it's produced by HBO, but it's shot by NFL Films. And one thing that any uh, any fan of the NFL would already know is that NFL Films have a spectacular talent for turning a sport into drama. Um, unlike any other sport that I follow, the NFL uh, the the NFL creates remarkable um, uh, vignettes and uh, showcases and showpieces for their game with real high quality, high level production value uh, pieces. So that they 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 have proper. Uh, cam- camera operators who are clearly much more uh, on a level with Hollywood and high-level TV production than the uh, types of camera shots you might be more familiar with uh, in in a sports stadium that they use to really build up the prestige and the mystique of the game, um, coupled with coupled with deep booming, uh, sexy voiceovers. Um, <laughs> Uh, Hard Knocks uh, is is no different from that, uh, and the it's narrated by Liev Schreiber, who is perfect for the role. As I say, this year it follows the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, there have been four episodes, I think, so far, and there are only five in a season. And the uh, Hard Knocks season ends with the start of the regular NFL season. This. This particular season sees um, sees the team dealing with moving from uh, from one city to another where they don't have any facilities. They've moved with only a couple of months' notice, moving hundreds of staff and players hundreds of miles across the country. Um, also sees head coach um, head coach Jeff Fisher starts the series by um, releasing long-term veteran quarterback Nick Foles over the phone and um, deals with the um, the coming of age and the kind of the 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 um, getting to know the NFL from it's from Los Angeles's new star player uh, number one draft pick Jared Goff and his first experiences in the league I'm watching this this year with uh, with Hannah for the first time and I think that this show whilst it is something that I would utterly recommend for anyone who is half an interest in the NFL as it shows the personal side behind a professional business I I found that I think Hannah has enjoyed it for um, for its for its dramatic um What's the word for, for its uh, dramatic value? It's it's spectacularly well put together. It's um, it's a fascinating documentary. It doesn't presume an awful lot. That it doesn't presume an awful lot about the way that football works, but it tells a real life human story of some spectacular uh, individuals in incredibly unique and tense and ever-changing circumstances um, puts them out within a few days and yeah and the the insights it offers I think are um, 
are really fascinating. Um, it gets very up close and personal to people who are absolutely at the edge of all emotion. So um, even the veterans of the game who've been there for many years, um, there will be some that are are long in the tooth and are getting too old for it and are being threatened by by younger players up and coming. There are these heartbreaking stories of the the, the men who have ha- who have moved across the country, you know, seven hour flights, thousands of miles, four time zones, for two days only to be cut and have to move back to the other side of the country. Um, it shows people who are um, hurt at their their most uh, at just the worst time when they're trying to guarantee a contract that will. Um, see them out for life and the emotions and it also provides something of an insight into the life of um, working class struggling generally speaking african-americans as well Um, there is a particularly poignant moment in this series when a uh, a young rookie player finds out through facebook that his stepbrother has been murdered um and the way that he and the team deal with it through a fly-on-the-wall documentary camera, a genuine fly-on-the-wall documentary camera, um, is really intense and gripping television in its own right. So, yeah, as I say, certainly recommended to anyone that has half an interest in the NFL, and I don't think there are many finer examples currently of fly-on-the-wall documentary TV series out there. Um... Yeah, so that yeah, that's hard knocks with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Oh, excellent! This this reminds me a lot of another HBO series they did uh, for boxing, twenty four seven. It wasn't a consistent series, but it's whenever they had a big pay per view, they also had Liev Schreiber uh, doing the voiceover and his big sexy man purr. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, HBO seemed to be the kings of kind of sports documentaries. Um, don't know if you've noticed that uh, Netflix have brought out some series called Last Chance You, which is apparently a gripping sort of documentary series on a uh, junior college in America for American footballers that seems to take in all the rejects and turn them into champions. Has that crossed your radar at all, Dave? Uh, only vaguely. I've not had chance. I've not watched it yet. There's another series um, more closely related. I think it's through Amazon Prime, and I can't remember what it's called exactly which is really poor but um they released it after last season had concluded and it followed the atlanta falcons through the regular season so it was shot very much like hard knocks um and did a similar thing to hard knocks and i think it was several episodes but it came after the regular season because one thing that they are always careful with during the regular season is that they don't give away um, um professional advantage to other teams by showing you know, giving away secrets and so on, which they they're slightly less worried about with the training camp, um, which is why it can be turned around so quickly. Um, so that I've not I've not had a chance to watch that as I don't have the uh, I don't have Amazon Prime, um, but that would be something else I'd be interested in seeing. Cool. Uh, have you ever seen any of this, Clive? Um, I've not. I'm going to be talking about an American football TV show later as well. But uh, wow. <laughs> interestingly well, enough, this sounds really cool. And what's that? Sorry. We should have called this one the sports episode, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should sports. have, yeah. yeah. Uh, mine's fictional, but 
but yeah, this sounds yeah, this sounds really really cool. And because uh, Becky's really enjoying the one that we're watching at the minute, which I'm going to talk about, um, she might be up for this, especially as you're saying the drama element in it is really cool. And that's what <clears throat> I'm going to be talking about Friday Night Lights. Might as well say it now. She's really enjoying the um, the dramatic bit of that. Like she still doesn't really understand the game, but she doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah, because it's not. It's generally all as far, as much as you get of a game is someone throwing a touchdown pass, and it's quite obvious that that's a good thing. And you know, if someone gets tackled or whatever, you don't have to really know the rules. And it's more about the personal stories in it. And it sounds like this is kind of similar. So yeah, it is. Like it. it is certainly similar. It's it's probably not as um, dramatic or romantic as as Friday Night Lights, but it's 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 very real. Um, yeah. I don't know that this series so far has been as as good as previous ones. Um, it doesn't seem to have. I, it, I mean, it's early. It's still there are still episodes to go. I've only seen three of the five there will be, but certainly the last seasons with the Houston Texans, twenty fifteen season, it followed three un, undrafted rookies, as they're called, so players who um, missed the opportunity to join a team um, who haven't played in professional football before who are um, given an opportunity just to provide an extra body in training camp for um, for the veterans to throw balls to um, and whether or not they make the team. And they followed them through every episode more than they seem to have done with the LA Rams. Um, and that that was... Um, it made proper character... It made proper almost celebrities out of these people who... Um, won't become famous through through playing football because they're not they're never going to be that kind of person they're just they're just another one behind the scenes but seeing the torment that they go through and they, their families go through um for the potential reward of a enormous paycheck is it's engrossing i think a, a lot of these kind of sports documentaries or documentary series owe quite a lot to um the fi- film hope dreams i don't know if anyone's seen that it's a very, very famous uh, film from the early '90s, I believe, uh, focusing on some uh, young, young African Americans trying to make it into the NBA. And um, I've got, I don't really have too much interest in basketball. I've never, never been quite sure why, but I, I don't. But it's like you said, I don't think you wouldn't need to really understand the sport or be particularly fan of it. If it, if it's a good documentary, it's a good documentary. You can take the drama out of um, the human element rather than the sporting element. And I think that's kind of where they live and die. Even if you are a fan of the sport, you're not going to like it if they can't craft a narrative. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was the name of that doc- what that film again, sorry? Uh, Hope, Hope Dreams. Hope I've Dreams. heard of it, but I've not seen yeah. it. No, I've not. I, it's, it's gone on my list. It's excellent. It's excellent. Cool. Heartily recommended. Excellent. That sounds really good, Dave. Like, yeah, when you said you were going to talk about it, I had no idea what uh, Hard Knocks was, but I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> it sounds re- it sounds really good. Oh, glad, uh, yeah. I, I I thought I presumed that you'd seen it, so I'm I'm kind of glad that you haven't because um, yeah, I think it'd be right up your street because it, it it's, no, it's all the best bits about the sport without having to sit through a three hour game. <laughs> sounds good. Cool. Right. Well, uh, from that, we're going to move to James Cable, sat next to me here on the sofa. Is that my computer? It's mine. It always sounds like it's taking off. Right. Right. I'm going to talk about Mr. Robot Season (laughs) 2. Solid impression. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of like out of character to the show, really, because that never happens, but I just thought I'd do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Season 2 of Mr. Robot, it it kicks off 
Uh, I think it's a month after the end of season one, after our hacker protagonists have uh, thrown the world into chaos by hacking the world's biggest corporation, E Corp, or Evil Corp, as they're sort of known in the show, um, and left the capitalist system uh, of banking uh, on the brink of collapse, wiping out everyone's debts. Um, and it's known it's known as five nine. I guess that's the date. Similar to nine eleven. Um, Elliot, our main hero, is uh, offline and he's in hiding. Um, he's living a life of routine to try and sort of keep himself offline. Uh, he's sort of like going through a daily routine of uh, getting up, writing in his journal, doing going to the basketball court to watch basketball, uh, eating his dinner, this type of stuff, and then going to sleep at the end of the day. Um, he's trying to rid himself of Mr. Robot, which is part of his subconscious, which personifies itself as his long-dead father. Um, it's a part of him that it's the part of him which masterminded the whole hack from season one. Uh, he's trying to shut off, uh, shut Mister Robot down by denying him sort of the stimulus that he feeds on, so technology and his hacking sort of um, activities. Um, a lot of the first few episodes involve a lot of Elliot's internal struggles, uh, perhaps a little bit too much in my in my eyes. Then we've got the rest of F Society, who are the hacker group, uh, now led by. Elliot's sister, Darlene, they're sort of dealing with the aftermath, uh, but they're in a bit of disarray, uh, trying to cover their own tracks, and there's a load, load of other characters doing their own thing. I'm not going to sort of talk about it all, but um, just, I just wanted to talk about a few sort of major points um, that I sort of latched onto. The first one, um, we're doing spoilers, aren't we? Uh, we are, yeah. Um, yeah. Any show that we've talked about in the past can be potentially spoiled, so... Uh, from this point yeah. onward, I'm sure Clive will put a spoiler warning. If you don't want to hear anything about Mr. Robot, don't listen. Yeah. Right, so one, one of the things I want to talk about was the, the reveal that Elliot is actually in prison. Um, so throughout the first few episodes, uh, we're led to believe that he's living at home with his mum, shut off from society, trying to deal with this, um, trying to get rid of Mr. Robot. And then I think it's perhaps episode five or six, we find out that he's actually in prison. Um, I think, is he in prison for murdering Tyrell? Or is it I've for not, the hack? I can't, I, I don't know if I don't think that's that. been. I don't think that's been made clear yet. Um, okay, I, haven't, but, I, haven't, I haven't watched the latest episode. Um, but this was, this was revealed to us. I haven't watched the latest episode either. Which episode are we up to? Just for uh, uh, so put Seven the, or eight, I think. I don't know. Okay. So yeah, it's revealed to us that Elliot's reality isn't what it seems. And he's not living with his mother. He's in fact in prison. Uh, and that some of the new characters that have been introduced to us through Elliot are in fact his fellow inmates. Um, I read this as a theory like, after a couple of episodes and it made perfect sense. And as I continued to watch it, it only made more and more sense. Um, which I, I still found the reveal re- really satisfying, but I don't know if it kind of spoiled it a little bit. I don't know. What did you think, Al? Did you guess it? or? Um, I think I did because after the first season, obviously, it has that whole Fight Club reveal. Um, yeah. Which is slightly spoiling Fight Club if you haven't seen that. But um, <laughs> you know, that was in 1999 or whatever. Get over it. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think you're constantly on edge with Mr. Robot. Um, you know that Elliot is an unreliable narrator. You yeah. know that it's going to um, fuck around with linearity. You know it's going to fuck around with um, the way you perceive the story. Uh, mm. So no, it wasn't a complete surprise. I suspected that he wa- he wasn't exactly where he thought he was. Yeah. Well, I read I read a convincing theory about why and like all how like. Um... How whenever he talked to characters, it was either new characters or the, when it was old characters, it was within like his mum's uh, 
house within the, uh, the you know, his kitchen like over this over a desk, which is, you know, in a prison when people are visiting and stuff like that. And the more I read it, it just made more and more sense. And it was like, yeah, actually, it's kind of it's kind of obvious. Um, but still, when when they revealed it, I was like, yeah, that's really cool. Um, didn't yeah. So so yeah, that was that. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the the start of one of the episodes, which is a seventeen minute long uh, elaborate sitcom scene, um, which is was essentially a sort of parody, a meta parody of the show in which Elliot and his family. So his dad and his sister and his mum took a road trip with Tyrell tied up in the trunk. Tyrell, the uh, the former E-Corp bo- boss who Elliot may or may not have killed, we're not sure yet. Um, and yeah, it's later revealed that this whole scene, which is kind of a bit wacky and sort of completely different to what we've ever seen before, is in fact again in Elliot's head and that Mr Robot is taking over Elliot's consciousness to protect him from the reality of what's happening, which is, which is that he's being beaten up, uh, like he's taking a heavy beating. Um, and while I, I, I don't think the sequence was perfect, uh, it was very bizarre in places, but it was really, it was very refreshing and kind of thrilling and very ambitious. And you don't really see that type of exper- experimentation on TV all that often. Uh, I think it deserves a lot of credit for that, um, for being so imaginative. And I love it when TV shows do things which are a bit out of the box. Uh, a bit wacky and crazy and sort of break the rules, break the sort of formatting of like normal TV. Uh, shows like Community did that a, a lot of the time, sort of breaking the fourth wall and doing sort of different things. And so did shows like Buffy and I think The X-Files and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would uh, make reference to one of the seasons of The Sopranos as well. Uh, right. it's, it's a spoiler, but uh, in one season, Tony Soprano is in a coma uh, and he seems to be living in a, a world inside his head which is surreal and bizarre which that's what I yeah. thought initially anyway yeah but yeah the the, the the formatting and sort of the strict themes of like most modern shows don't really allow this sort of thing to happen very often because it would sort of ruin the whole illusion of that particular show um, but the fact that Elliot's got this troubled mind sort of allows the writers to sort of tap into that and do something a bit wacky and do a different style um, what did you think of it in, in general Al? Um, I've been I've been quite impressed by this season, but um, I know it's had its critics. Um, I, I'd say that there is there is some semblance of argument in what the critics have been saying. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it has been a lot slower than the first season, and I think at times it's um, kind of lost itself in kind of on the meta nature of its narrative. Yeah. Um, I think overall, though, the content is just as strong as it was in the first season. Just perhaps we need to see the full picture before we can truly appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I would say that one character who's immensely irritating me is uh, Angela. Um, oh, right. I'm really not rooting for her at all in this. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying her storyline. I, I, well, I, I didn't say I didn't enjoy this storyline, but I'm, mm. I'm not on her side at all. It feels like a kind of a radical about turn for her character. Um, okay. Do you not think she's got sort of a deeper sort of, I don't know, uh, motive to what she's doing and... I would hope so, but it doesn't. It doesn't appear that way. But then again, Mister uh, Robert's always been a show about, like we said before, uh, unreliable narration. So yeah, who's to, who's to say really? Um, but no, I've I've enjoyed it a lot, and um, like you said, I've enjoyed its inventiveness and I've enjoyed its constant um, prickliness to the audience. The fact that it will not let you settle 
You know, this yeah. is not easy watching. You um, never really know what you're going to get, are you? And like, no, not at all. Not at all. You never know what to believe or where it's going to go. Um, which is, yeah, it keeps me on the edge of my seat, really. Um, I'm still really enjoying it. I wouldn't say it's quite as good as season one. Um, unless it ends incredibly strongly, I, I don't think it'll be season one. Just because um, it's not... Well, I, I think it was probably because it was very fresh, season one. Like, it was something very new. Whereas it's sort of... I feel like it's sort of trying to... It's trying to be different, whereas it sort of needs to carry on being the same. It's still it's still really good, and it's still doing a lot of the same things, but, yeah. Like I said, it's a bit slower. Although, while I was thinking about it, while I was thinking about my notes and writing, I was thinking it has been quite slow, but when I was thinking back over it, a lot of stuff has actually happened, and I feel like it's building something. Um, the characters and the storylines in Season 2, seem they seem sort of more scattered, and maybe less meaningful at the moment. Um, like it seems sort of like Elliot's been off on his own, on his own show at times. I, I've seen um, one comparison uh, with True Detective season two, and I did not think yeah. that was fair at all. No, uh, not I even that as well. Um, let Let's not you know not go there. You know you need to reserve that kind of uh, comparison for yeah. a show that really knows that knows dives. Uh, <laughs> it definitely hasn't done that. It's still really really strong. Uh, yeah. Maybe not as strong, but you know. I'm gonna judge it on, uh, well, I'm gonna judge it as a complete package, really. Hmm. One of the things I still, I, I really like about this season is, I really enjoy like all the different sort of struggles, all the different characters are going through. Because obviously you've got Elliot's internal struggles, but I think a lot of the characters got their own sort of problems going on, and I like sort of analysing their problems and sort of thinking how I'd react and how they're sort of dealing with it. And I also, I also enjoy all the different. There's a lot of sort of small villains or like small like bad guys, by which I mean sort of they're operating within like grey areas. You know they're not like totally totally bad, but then also not de- definitely not good. Um, one that springs to mind is the uh, I can't remember his name now, but the guy who, the guy who's running the dark web store. He is obviously like a bad person, but he's got good sides to him and like this sort of the juxtaposition between that and all the different characters of that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you can't really trust trust many characters in this no, show. No, no. Um, I, I I've liked uh, Darlene in this series actually. I think she's been, she's kind of she's crossed that line between uh, being almost yeah. a follower of Elliot to taking the reins herself. Taking the lead, yeah. And she's uh, very much in the moral grey, uh, bordering mm. on the black. But um, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed her character development. Yeah. Excellent. Sounds good. Sounds good. I've still not got around to watching it. It's probably going to become less and less likely the more it comes out, but <laughs> <coughs> who knows? I might get around to it. Uh, did you ever get around to watching this, Dave? No, I didn't. No, no, just just because I'm shit. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of stuff to watch, so. Oh, you yeah. always make me feel guilty on these things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just always feel I should ask. Now I know you'd probably say something, but um, just in case you were shy. <laughs> he is shy, are Dave. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Sensitive soul. It's nice to be thought. <laughs> right, excellent. Um, yeah, it sounds good. I'm glad it's kind of generally seems to have continued. Yeah, I'm the still. Of the... I'm still. I still look forward to every episode a lot, yeah, which cool. is, I think, is a good sign. It is definitely one of the you know TV shows that intrigues me, and if I ever do get around to watching TV shows, would be certainly one of the first ones I'd go to and I think it's one that Beck might get into as well so maybe we'll watch it mm. together sometime cool 
Cool. Uh, right, we're around to me then. So, as I've already mentioned, I'm going to be talking about Friday Night Lights. I'm going mainly note-free here, so see how this goes. Um, Friday Night Lights is it's a TV series based on, very loosely based, it's more like, more like inspired by uh, the book, which is an excellent book, a non-fiction book by H.G. Bissinger from 1990, um, of the same name which is about the Permian Panthers uh, high school football team. In the TV series, the um, team is called the Dillon Panthers, and I, I don't believe Dillon exists. I think it's a fictional town. But um, essentially it's a, you know, a Texas, a sort of Texas town, with, and it follows this, the high school football team in that town called, called the Dillon Panthers. Um, the amazing thing about, in case people who don't know, um, about American high school sports is that they get ridiculous crowds, particularly in certain areas, such as Tex- in Texas, where um, football is huge. These uh, yeah, high school games get tons of crowds. So, like, whereas my uh, se- <laughs> secondary school football team would have got maybe two parents at most, <laughs> uh, these these are, <laughs> these have got thousands and thousands of people watching, and they've got proper stands and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And, and they're televised, like, and yeah, and the whole town's kind of into it, and. You know, there's rivalries and people, you know, people put their signs outside their doors if they're in the team or with the numbers on. And it's just completely different. And I found that really interesting for a start. But um, essentially it follows Coach Taylor, who I'll just rattle off the cast quickly because, you know, that's the thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> Kyle that's, that's, what, that's what the pros do. <laughs> I had a list, but I'm on my ridiculously old phone, which is... Well, I know it stars, stars Kyle Chandler, if that helps to get you started. Um, does it star Carl? Yes, it does. Carl Chandler plays Eric Taylor, who I've just mentioned. Um, I don't know any of their names. I saw you so. looking at this list earlier, Claire. I thought you'd have it memorised by now. <laughs> no. So it's Connie Britton. As, uh, so it, the main sort of uh, central characters are um, Eric Taylor and his wife, Tam- Tammy Taylor, who Eric Taylor's the coach. Of, it's just become, at the start of um, season one, which came out in 2006, the coach of the Dillon Panthers. And they're already quite a, a well-respected team and he's, they've got high expectations of the team. So he's, he's under a lot of pressure. Uh, Tammy Taylor is his wife. Um, there's also Taylor Kitsch in the show, who uh, we've just mentioned True Detective Series 2. Uh, also fe- features Taylor Kitsch, I believe, <laughs> uh, who plays Tim Riggins in the show, one of my favourite characters. Um, another person I've not seen anything else, but I think he's great in this, um, Zach Guilford, who plays Matt Saracen, and then Amy Teargarden and Minka Kelly as uh, a couple of the other main actresses and actors. Yeah, so it follows this football team. It's um, obviously, you know, it follows certain stories within the team. It's Like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't, there isn't a massive focus on actual football games. There is. There are football games and the dramas kind of uh, emphasise, but it's always just the biggest plays and you don't really need to understand the game to <laughs> to follow it. But I, I've really enjoyed the show and I've watched now, we're on the fifth series, which is the last one. Uh, we're about four episodes in, so we've not quite finished the fifth series. I've been watching it with Beck because there's no other way I would have watched something that's this long. Uh, <laughs> and it, we've probably been watching it over the period of like three or four months. But yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And the main things I like about it are, I think the central um, characters that I've just talked about, Tammy Taylor and Eric Taylor, are great. Eric Taylor's this kind of fairly no-nonsense coach, but he doesn't... He's, he's quite an inspiring character and he, he lives and breathes football. I mean, every it's kind of become a joke that every time you see him and he's not on the football pitch, he's watching game tape. Um, I've never seen him do anything 
leisurely, <laughs> except he occasionally plays ping pong with his daughter. But um, yeah, he seems to just live and breathe the game. But he appreciates the fact that it's more than a game for this town. And he he is uh, he often gets called by other people sort of a molder of men. And he's very much about not giving up. He's always, he's got a sort of a, a soft spot for the the trouble kids and trying to mold them and uh, sort of put them on the right path. And he d- he never gives up on them. And I think in things like that he's quite an inspirational character I've, I, I enjoy his pep talks I think he's got some uh, some great philosophies and things and really inspires these kids and Tammy Taylor's kind of similar she's sort of a counsellor in the Dillon High School um, and deals with also a problem kids and stuff so that's kind of a, <laughs> a common theme and something that I can um, re- re- kind of get inspired by a little bit going into teaching and stuff so that's been cool um, and I think it deals the other characters that it follows like I've talked about Matt Saracen plays kind of a shy uh, mate, central character that you don't normally see in TV shows and I like him he's quite an ordinary guy who his dad's off in Iraq and he's kind of left to look after his mum um, on his own and you know he's kind of a shy quiet guy who becomes the quarterback when the main quarterback Jason Street this is right at the start of the TV show so not a very spoiler uh becomes paralysed, um, which is another interesting thing, that one of the main characters for the first uh, few seasons is someone in a wheelchair, which um, is something I've not seen in any other TV shows. Um, and I think it deals with some interesting issues there as well, which w- I thought was interesting that it brought up. Um, and also Tim Riggins, one of my favourite characters in the show, is just sort of this cool Texas dude <laughs> who is constantly making bad decisions, but you still love him. Um, and yeah, I, I think it... I always thought it was going to get shit and it um with the exception of the 5th season which I haven't thought was great um because I think it's lost the problem is obviously that it has to lose the characters because obviously at some point they leave uh, high school and go to college um and then it's kind of now at the stage where it's lost all the people that were good and there's no one really left uh who's they've, they've replaced like there's one person uh Michael B Jordan joins in later on who played Creed uh, in Creed, the film Creed, and he was excellent, and he's excellent in this show as well. And um, he comes in season three or four. Uh, he's excellent, and he's one of the characters who's come in, who's brilliant. But a lot of the other characters have left, and some of the ones who have come to replace haven't, haven't been anywhere near as interesting, I don't think. And it's starting to lose it a bit now in the fifth season. That's probably why it finished. Uh, but apart from that, I think it it deal it deals with. I'm not going to spoil anything. Some big changes at the end of se- uh, season three, and I think season four was still really really strong. For me, I still really enjoyed it. And so I was impressed with how, again, after season three, I thought it was going to become rubbish because it lost a lot of good people, but they got replaced by good stories. And the kind of thrust of the show changed a lot as well, based on... Uh, well, I don't really want to spoil anything, so I'm not going <laughs> to say. Is each but, season uh, a school year? Um, each season is a school year, basically, That's yeah. There's one reason. season, uh, season two gets cut short because of the writer's strike, which I assume oh, yeah. must be around 2008 or something. Yeah. Uh, when that happened. So that just kind of sh- cuts, gets cut short really weirdly and doesn't really finish properly. I've fucked over a lot of shows. Which is disappointing, obviously, but it's not the fault of the show. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, I was surprised. I thought I would like, the, I think the first season is probably still the strongest, but I've it's continued to be good for me. And, it's also, I think, did it good that it's uh, switched to... I think the first two seasons were supposed to be 24 episodes. The second one wasn't because of the writer strike. But then after that, they went to 13 episodes. And I think it suited the show because of the fact they've they've lost some characters. And 
yeah, it's it still works really well, and I don't think it would if they had 24 uh, episodes like the first season does. But yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the show. Um, there's sometimes it's a little bit too romantic and thing for me, but you know, whatever. It's that's Beck's really enjoying it, and there's bits in it that we both like, and we we like different things about it, and some things are the same that we like about it. So, but yeah, I think it's a really good show, and you should check it out if you've not ever got around to it like I hadn't I'd heard loads of people talking about it when I used to play American football I think it came out kind of when we were playing wasn't it Dave because <laughs> people used to talk about it but yeah, I, I never so, watched yeah. it at that time yeah yeah I, I've seen the film uh, Friday Night Lights but I haven't seen the TV series okay I've also seen the film I think the film's a really good film actually um, yeah I agree Yeah, I, I, don't want want to see, s- I want to see both to be fair yes, I haven't really got any strong thoughts on it but um, I remember it being excellent yeah, it covers. I, I think the film is more closely based on the book. Well, it, very closely, like the characters are the same and stuff. Whereas in this, none of the characters are called the same or anything like that. There, there is the odd character where you think, okay, well, that's cl- sort of based on him from the book. The book is excellent as well for those interested. But, but yeah, I've really enjoyed the show. And like I say, it's, I'm, I'm impressed with how it's sustained the quality. Although it has now definitely dipped in the fifth season. So, <laughs> but I'm going to watch it to the end now, having <laughs> got this far. So yeah, does anyone else seen it? Dave, have you seen it? I've, I've seen. I think I've seen the first series, and I think I saw the first right. series when it not long after it came out. Because mm. um, it, it finished not long ago, did it? Uh, it's think two thousand and eleven. Oh I think, really? Last... Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's finished quite a while ago. Um, yeah, and I always I thought I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I, it's definitely it's very it's quite different. For, it's pretty different from the film. In in a in a lot of ways, I mean, getting a getting it's still set in a small football town, following high school students, but um, none of the none of the story is the same. None of it's not a no. retelling of the same story or anything like that. Interestingly, I have a friend who I met at a concert, uh, who I've kept in touch with, who is from Midland, Texas. All who, right. Who are the um, the rival school? From the um, from the from the book Midland Lee, that's the town. All oh, right, uh, and um, Odessa is 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 not far away in Texas terms. I think it's like an hour's drive still, but it's it's pretty close in in Texas terms. And um, yeah, and she sent me a copy of the book which I've not read, so uh, which is still on my shelf, uh, signed edition of the of the Friday Night Lights book. So shall, I need to get round to reading because I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Um, what I'm particularly interested in about this review, though, Clive, is you say you're not far off the end of season five now. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, probably got like ten. Ep- well, probably like eight episodes left now. Okay, so by the time you're finished, you'd have watched seventy six episodes <laughs> of yes. Friday Night Lights. Fucking hell! And each each episode is forty something minutes long. That's correct, yeah. So you have literally not a leg to stand on whenever <laughs> yeah. you say you're not going to watch no, the this American is, TV programme. Well, I've said this before, but I wouldn't have watched it on my own. And it's because Beck wanted to watch this that I've watched it. So if there's anything that Beck wants to watch, I will end up might maybe end up watching it because quite often we sit down, it's like, well, you know, let's watch something. And then uh, I'll have to watch them and Beck wants to watch. If you, <laughs> and if, if, it's, you, if she doesn't want to watch it, there's no way I'd watch it on my own. I just wouldn't. I can't sit down and watch something on my own. I get, I just get bored. If we need to arrange a date on which we're going to watch um, The Wire, then I'm sure me and yeah, Al sure. will clear our diaries. <laughs> I will as well. 
That's fine, yeah, I would yeah. do that as a social event, but I would never probably get around <laughs> to watching it, I mean. But yeah, fair point. It's, you know, I've, followed, watched, I've watched The Walking Dead continuously, and it's not you know, because it's brilliant or anything, but I, I enjoy it, <laughs> sure. And, it's uh, not because it, it's brilliant or anything at all. <laughs> well, no, it's, it, it's good and I enjoy it and I love some of the characters in it, but I watch it because Beck wants to watch it, so I sit yeah, down and watch it. It just helps pass it. the mundanity of existence, doesn't it? It just helps Yeah, you. pretty much. <laughs> so. It helps me, yeah. Just gets you well, closer to the end. I can't, I can't play Wii U because the TV's being used, so I'm like, well... Get another TV. If you, you can't beat them. Well, actually, I could because there's off-screen play on the Wii U, but get frowned upon because I'm supposed to watch stuff with... <laughs> apparently, that's social. But, but. If you can't beat them, join them. And so thanks, keeping to, the peace, thanks to the PC brigade, now you can't. No, I do, I do enjoy it, but I wouldn't enjoy it really on my own. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have the determination to do it. I need someone to be like, oh, let's watch, sit down and watch this. I wouldn't, on my own, I'd be right. I'd rather play Pokemon cards online or Wii U or something else. <laughs> it would take up my attention more but yeah yeah i have enjoyed it as, as you can hear <laughs> so but it has taken us like i say about three months to watch this so it's not as if like you guys who seem to get through i don't know how much tv but <laughs> we maybe watch like on average one episode every couple of nights or something mm. and then nothing else but yeah cool but uh, has anyone got anything else to talk about i know uh, we didn't a, lot, a few of us only had one thing this time um, which is cool. I'm happy with a shorter show. <laughs> I was going to do an animated roundup, but if, Al, have you got something else? Uh, only very briefly. Um, we didn't talk about the end of Preacher the last time uh, no. we did the show. Uh, Preacher's yeah. ended since. I'm just all I'm going to say is I thought it ended really, really strongly. Um, it feels like a show that's bookended by two amazing episodes with fairly good episodes in between. Uh, the opening episode is still the best, but the ending episode is excellent as well. Um, it seems that the entire show seems to have been a prequel series of sorts, which now which now looks like it will be following the graphic novel series uh, more closely. Um, certainly, if you've liked what I said before about it in terms of its uh, surreal nature, its action Tarantino-esque qualities, uh, give it a go. Don't be put off by the middle bits, which, while aren't bad, certainly don't have the hallmarks of quality of the first and last episodes. That's all I've got to say on it. Cool. Okay. Interessant. Has anyone else watched it? No, I no. I was intrigued last time, but I haven't got around to it yet. Um, so I might still give it a go. It, it's very good, and it's certainly nothing like anything you'll have watched before. Um, yeah. But, like I said, it, it, I think the rest of the show struggles to live up to the opening episode and then the final episode. That's what I would say, anyway. Mm. Cool. Okay. Interesting deep cuts there from Al. Uh, James Cable. Shadi you sounded like you had an I've anime got an roundup. Anime, it's not anime roundup because one of them isn't an anime. But can it's we animated. make noises? Oh, okay. He can make noises, but maybe just make some opening noises and I'll do the talking rather than talking all the way, making noises all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to make noises all the way through. Wait, yeah, but... <laughs> Go on, make some noises. Um... Hab-shababa! <laughs> right, okay. Um... Ham-chop! <laughs> Uh, the first Gammon one is uh, <laughs> Star Wars Rebels, which is an animated TV show about, well, based in the Star Wars universe. And someone at work recommended it to me a lot, and eventually I gave in and started watching it. And it's actually brilliant. Um, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I would recommend this to anyone who's like a, like a medium-level Star Wars fan. Um, it's, yeah, it's based, it's based between the prequels and the, the originals, um, before A New Hope. And it's based... It's, um, revolves around a group of rebels and their sort of antics 
dealing with the Empire and stuff. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it brings in a lot of the Star Wars stuff from the Star Wars universe. So it's like, if you're into Star Wars, like, I definitely recommend it. It's a lot of fun and, yeah, it's good. And the other one is... Cash Wagner! <laughs> the other one is called an anime <laughs> called... <laughs> an anime called Mob Psycho 100. And if you guys remember me talking about an anime called uh, One Punch Man... Sure do. It's by the same guy. It's another web series, uh, web comic by the same guy. Um, I think he's called One, or his... Why? Like his, uh, his online sort of name is One. So One Punch Man, Mob Psycho oh, 100. Um, and this this one is it's sort of similar similar vibes, similar sort of style, uh, but it revolves about around this kid who is an esper, so he has psychic powers, and he's like the most powerful guy, and he is just like him sort of dealing with that, and sort of um, he has a a mentor who's like a fake, so he's pretending that he's an esper, and he's sort of faking to him that he's got these powers, and then. His brother wants to be an Esper, and he's jealous of him. And yeah, it's just it's it's really fun. Like, it's not it's possibly not as good as One Punch Man, which was incredible, but it's still a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's my anime roundup. Bachnor, Cable, you'll be surprised to learn that I've what been watching an anime series. Ooh. Whoa. However, if you got an anime roundup, pal, can I make a noise? Uh, <laughs> uh, go on, make a noise, and I'll quickly. Hit mine, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Why don't you just do Pokemon names? Wait, is it Pokemon? <laughs> that one was. It no, started off not, as no, a Pokemon. No, it's name. not. <laughs> no, it's um, it's not one you recommended though. It was one recommended by Ellen, my girlfriend. Um, it's called Serial Experiments Lane. Oh yeah, I've yeah. seen that. It's very good. As yeah, in it's serial, a, like cornflake no, experiments. No, no, as in more, a more like a. <laughs> oh right. Yeah, it's kind oh, of. Um, yeah, it's disappointing. Amazing. I watched that. Must be ten years ago now. Yeah, well, I, I haven't finished it yet. I've watched uh, about five. I've got it on DVD actually. That was back really when okay. I collected DVDs. <sighs> right. Okay. Well, what do you think? All... Got it on VHS, mate. I've I've really liked it so far. It's very um. Well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia here, and uh, apparently avant-garde. <laughs> but I was just going to say weird. But um... yeah, it is weird. It is weird. <laughs> um... Remind remind me of the sort of vague, the, the, the sort of the rough uh, what happens sort of uh, well, premise. Uh, the main character is called uh, Lane. Uh, she's kind of a school-age girl who lives in a world which is similar to ours, but not entirely the same. Uh, she gets introduced to something called the Wild, the Wired, which is a mm. global communications network similar to the internet. Uh, mm. And she gets sent an email from a girl who's committed suicide, and she slowly starts becoming engulfed in what seems like the internet. Um, yeah. And it just struck me as a really uh, certainly contextually a really interesting series about identity and fear of the internet quite cyberpunk as well yeah um, yeah i, I, I remember really so liking the sort of style and i really like the opening song i can't remember how it goes now it is it's a good song yeah yeah it's sort of quite eerie if, if i remember correctly but yeah it's really good mm. how many episodes are there is it I'm 13 sure. or 20 20 i oh. really have no idea i've watched about six or seven of them okay i will let you know cool. when i'm finished Clive, Clive and I still need to finish Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, Clive we've been rubbish about that. I got very close to finishing it, and I've not watched it for ages. I think it's mainly because whenever I go around to yours, we all three of us watch something. We're yeah. back included, which is fine. I'm not saying that's bad, but <laughs> we want to watch the end together. So. Yeah, we do. We do. We'll get around to it. Um, cool. Does anyone have anything else to add? Any other noises uh, they want to put out there? Well, I was, I was, Mike, 
Carry on, Dave, sorry. I was going to give a shout-out to the 11 billion of us who watched Bake Off the other night. <laughs> back, back for another series, triumphant as ever. Um, I've not watched every series of this by any means, um, but I found that the ones where I have caught an early episode, I've ended up watching through to the the uh, the not-so-bitter end and, uh, yeah, <laughs> enjoying it as ever. I've watched the odd episode... <clears throat> It was quite, quite fun. What's been the cake of the series? The cake of the series so far definitely has to be um, Candice's King, Willie, uh, King Billy pub, <laughs> which was a 30 centimetre high uh, gingerbread pub. Uh, wow. <laughs> modelled on wow. the one that she grew up in when she was a child, which featured a, uh, a green jelly pool table inside her parents behind the bar. And a uh, sticky gingerbread carpet, which elicited a cry of um, "I'll eat the carpet" from Mary Berry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I, yeah. See, I I went through a phase of watching MasterChef, which I liked, but my my sort of overall problem with these types of shows is you can't eat what they're cooking. So like, it looks delicious, and I really want to eat it, but I can't. <laughs> so like, yeah. I, I love food, and I love. So it's I think frustrating I'm, for you. Yeah, it's, frust- it's amazing, but it's also frustrating because I want to mm. eat everything. Bring on 3D printed Bake Off. It should be Eat Along. It should be Eat <laughs> Somehow they should do Eat Along where you like, yeah, you 3D print the food or like, I don't know. Probably wouldn't taste as good though. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Probably not. Interesting. Uh, I've watched the odd Bake Off, but I haven't watched this one. We have just bought a TV license now that uh, we've been forced at gunpoint. Yeah. <laughs> you now need it for iPlay, don't you? Apparently. Yeah, you do. Mm. Although you still, uh, you still haven't ne- plugged still, in the bloody air. You're still getting Netflix for free, aren't you, Clive? Yeah, off James Cable. He's quite generous. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing it with him, although it does reveal to me that all the porn he's watching. What on Netflix? Yeah. <laughs> Endless. It's like Wait, Netflix has porn. Continue watching Triple X dildos. <laughs> no. Just want to watch Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Is that, a docu- is that a documentary series with WWE star Triple X? <laughs> <laughs> Where he goes into dildo factories in, in Taiwan to reveal the so. conditions of the poor, the poor world. <laughs> if not, it definitely um, should be. I'm, I'm sorry to break this to you, Dave, but it's Triple H, not Triple X. Oh, damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Triple X was um, Vin Diesel, right? Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, if you could cross over all those three things, I'd be a very happy man. <laughs> <laughs> right, my my only uh, update is uh, not TV related, but uh, Michael Johnson has left us. He's moved what? in with Des Lynam. Oh um, Jesus! He's uh, like he's kicked Lionel Richie out, and he's. I didn't realize Lionel Lionel Richie was even in. Oh, he's civil partnership with Des Lynam. Is uh, it because uh, Lionel Richie can Lionel Richie can sort of live on the ceiling, so he's not taking up much space? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, not anymore. Michael wasn't having any of it. Um, they've moved in and they're, they're refusing to pay their rent until the plastic bag charge is gone. Um, updates as they come. I'm trying to persuade Michael to come back to right. stick around HQ. Is, is their landlord the the, the government or something? Uh, yeah, their, their landlord is the uh, the president of the British Virgin Islands. All right, who's the guy who introduced the uh, plastic bag charge? Okay, that's a fair uh, protest. And I was going to say it's a bit stupid if it's a private landlord. Not really linked. Well, you know, Michael's a very angry man. Who knows what's going through his mind? <laughs> Makes I'm irrational get, decisions. I will get him back, I promise you. And uh, 
will have his analysis. He just needs to get this out of his system, I think. You know, he's been very scared with the prospect of Brexit and Trump. Um, this feels like the whole doctor situation, doctor situation, doesn't it? It's never going to end. Yeah. Michael needs a win. Michael needs a win, you know. He's, uh, he's had one negative, so he could do with two positives. Is Jeremy Hunt going to crumble? Maybe, but Michael Johnson will not. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a quitter. No, he's not a quitter. That's very loop. That's very lubricious of him. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Third podcast in a row. That one has been mentioned. I don't think there's any other podcast out Still there. Still not know that. what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Clive. Um, have you got the time there, mate? Hang on, let me just check. Holy shit! It's plug time! <laughs> Follow us on at StickAroundCast on Twitter. Uh, on the internet, stickaroundpodcast.com. Uh, you can subscribe via email on there. What I f- keep forgetting to mention, stickaroundpodcast at gmail.com. Send us emails, we read them out. We have read out, I think we've read out an email before. Yeah, we have. <laughs> In our 60, I believe this is our 69th episode, which Wee. makes it a sexy episode. <laughs> She just saw that at the start. At the start yeah, I've only, just, had, I've only just noticed it. Had a, like... Did some sums in my head. Could, I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. We've also got uh, Instagram. I believe it's slash stick around podcast on that, isn't it, Dave? Absolutely. There's uh, still pictures of Al and Michael Gove, and you've got to choose which one's which. Have which we got... is tough. I'm just going to put it out there. Have we got a Snapchat yet? Uh, we haven't got a Snapchat yet, although I am oh. working on it. We'll get that set up. We can send people uh, pictures our, of my willy. Our 69s. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to screenshot it, though, aren't they? Really? And then, wh- where's my career going to go? Down the pan. <laughs> it's all right as long as you don't show your face. All right. <laughs> Can't prove it was me. <laughs> uh, we've Just also don't got. Do it with a picture of, with your two year old son lying next to you. Oh, Unless Jesus. you want to be oh, a very what? successful American politician. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> all right. I didn't hear about that. That sounds interesting. You didn't hear about the wiener? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I like wiener schnitzels. Oh, Google it. Wiener schnitzel. Yeah, there's no time to From a work that. computer. <laughs> <laughs> it works no. better somehow. Don't no. Google it in the classroom. Not happening. I've now got a school laptop, so we won't be Googling it on that. Um, we've got Patreon. If you could uh, donate some money for us, that'd be appreciated. We, it cost me around eight or us around eight pounds a month to uh, host the website. So any funds appreciated. Even if you you've got to donate in dollars, but you know, donate a dollar an episode. You know, it's high quality content. Even twenty five cents an episode, so it's around a dollar a month. That would be appreciated. And every little helps, as uh, the huge, brilliant corporation Tesco always says. Um, no, no, Clive. We're not giving them that credit. They haven't paid us. <laughs> well, yet. that's being sarcastic. <laughs> and it's yeah. so vague. <laughs> we're not going to be negative either, Clive. We're going to say the very uh, standard supermarket chain who okay. get to pay us Tesco. They've got you know pretty good delivery men. I'll say that who deliver usually pretty friendly service to my door. I'll give them that. Lazy kid. However, they have stopped selling hazelnuts, which furious. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't sell hazelnuts at all. Wait, well, not in, about... the, not in the type I like. You're talking about all of Tesco. There are types well, of but... hazelnut? <laughs> yeah. Because surely that massive Tesco near us sells Well, hazelnut. wherever I order it online doesn't let me buy hazelnuts right what? now. Yeah, furious. Uh, we've also got other stuff. Um, I feel like I've... Yeah, I think that's it. Is anyone got anything else? Um, I, no. I think you covered it all there, Clive. Haven't made a list He sent us a telegram. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can send... Oh, post. 
uh, what is it? One Virgin Islands. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, one that's Virgin Islands. Yeah, if you want to give us that stodgy sponsorship deal, I suggest you send cash in an envelope that way. That way, we can evade any tax. You can. You should send us your like deepest, darkest secrets on a po- back of a postcard. Send it to that address, and we'll read it out anonymously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Alternatively, for any dodgy deals, if you meet me at the Castlegate uh, <laughs> car park in Stocknantes, uh, wearing a Macintosh, we'll see what we can do. Nothing but a Macintosh. <laughs> Nothing but. <laughs> I'll meet you for that deal. <laughs> and subscribe on iTunes. Yes, subscribe on whatever you've got um, and leave us five-star reviews. We love five-star reviews. Whenever I get one, I get very aroused, which isn't all that often, but (laughs) it's worth it when it happens. (laughs) And then the Snapchats are coming out. Yeah, when the Snapchats are coming out. Yeah, so thanks for listening, everyone. It's been fun. Uh, Thanks for coming, guys. It's been a pleasure coming in your ears, as Dave said last time. (laughs) And I'm going to say this time. Um, thanks, Thanks for having us, Clive. It's all right, you're welcome. Next time I want it in my mouth. Oh, Jesus. Lower the tone. And it's bye from me. Bye. And bye from Mr. James Cable. See you later. That was quite erotic. Uh, And goodbye from Dave. Um, Japanese for goodbye. (laughs) Konichi bye. What is it? Um, and goodbye from Mr. Alex. Oh, it's Sayonara. Wait. I knew that. Yeah, Sayonara. <laughs> I thought it must be something we know. Um, in the words of Del Boy, bonjour. <laughs> Stick later, around. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> the sound of that. <laughs>